A no-confidence vote and a promised resignation from the Speaker of the House. Welcome to Grand Divisions. This is the week of May 20th. I'm Joel Ebert. And I'm Natalie Allison. So Natalie and I recorded an earlier version of this podcast last night, which was Monday, uh, but we've already had to change it because things just move so rapidly. So uh, we are going to do just a brief uh, update of the latest status, and then we're going to play what we recorded last night. But uh, first, Natalie, the latest news, of course, being uh, this morning, House Speaker Glenn Cassida issued a statement to the effect of him resigning in the coming days. What was it? Yeah, so that statement came in this morning, of course, after last night, uh, the governor, the lieutenant governor who had already called for his re- resignation, again, reiterating he should do that. The state party chair, uh, Scott Golden, also doing that. A number of lawmakers uh, calling for his resignation. And this morning, uh, he said that he does plan to resign, but he isn't going to do that yet. Uh, Speaker Cassidy, in a statement this morning, uh, indicated he would go on the European vacation he had already planned to go on at the end of this month. He'll leave this weekend. Um, And when he returns June 3rd, he will meet with caucus leadership to, quote, determine the best date for me to resign as speaker so that I can help facilitate a smooth transition. Of course, this uh, move and and announcement from the speaker comes less than a day after the House Republican caucus voted that it had no confidence in him. Uh, All this comes amidst uh, scrutiny for his role in in text messages that he shared uh, or in exchange with with his former chief of staff, Cade Cothran. Uh, This latest development just kind of underscores the tenuousness of this entire saga. It's really a a remarkable and quick downfall for the speaker. In less than three weeks, this has, uh, you know, all played out. uh, And he would become the shortest serving speaker since 1893. Okay. Ralph Davis. Yes. So uh, again, we uh, recorded the second half of this podcast uh, before all of this was known. We we did it immediately after the caucus vote uh, when we wrote all these stories. Um, again, we are trying to just stay on top of it, but please just continue to check back our websites for the, the latest uh, stories on this ongoing saga. Natalie and I earlier today were at the House Republican Caucus meeting, which was held at a a posh uh, hotel in downtown Nashville for this sort of unprecedented meeting with the House Republican Caucus, where they were deciding the fate of where Glenn Cassida, the House Speaker, stood uh, in their their, chamber. Uh, It was a very long day. It included, uh, at one point, uh, the media and protesters and others getting uh, booted from where this meeting was. But Natalie, uh, let's start out the day by just talking about the biggest news, and that is this major rebuke to House Speaker Glenn Cassidy. And that's been the question for two weeks now, is is what was the caucus going to do? People who have sort of looked the other way when when other issues have come up throughout the session involving Glenn Cassidy and you know his support of David Byrd or this or that. Um, and, and a lot of people were unsure if, if enough people within the House Republican caucus 
today at this meeting would actually come forward by secret ballot, of course, and say they did not think Glenn Casta could or should continue as speaker. And that happened. That happened um, with the vast majority of, of the members in the caucus. After a three hour long meeting, again, uh, was really held behind closed doors where caucus members cell phones uh, were cut off. Sorry for the brief pause there. We had just received news that the governor is now saying that unless Glenn Cassidy resigns, he is going to call a special session. Uh, this just sort of underscores the uh, just tenuousness of, of this entire storyline. It's been moving from one day to the next and just continually developing. Uh, so, Natalie, let's just rewind a little bit uh, for those that may be listening, living under a rock, living on Mars. What are the allegations against the speaker and, you know, why are they so grave right now? Well, Glenn Cassidy is caught up in the middle of a text message scandal, I guess, if you will. Uh, He was found to have exchanged misogynistic text messages with his former chief of staff, Cade Cothran, who resigned May 6th, the same day he had admitted to to News Channel 5 and then to us that he had used cocaine in the legislative office building a few years ago. Uh, We also published a story that day in which uh, we reported that he had solicited sexual acts from a legislative intern and from a lobbyist. um, and on some of these text message threads, Glenn Cassidy, not the ones where he was soliciting sex, but where they were talking about women, their bodies, Glenn Cassidy also uh, participated in those conversations. The speaker has, of course, tried to downplay everything. He's tried to upplay uh, his ability to survive. We've written about how he has really tried to sell to his colleagues, remind his freshman lawmakers that he helped get there, uh, why they should stand behind him. Uh, that evidently did not happen with this vote today. Again, 45 members voting to that they had no confidence in the speaker. Uh, the day really kind of began quietly uh, when we got to this this Nashville hotel. Uh, we were just kind of gathered as as a mass of media about 45 minutes before the meeting meeting started, and just saw members file in, and then we were sort of quickly uh, kicked out uh, by a building manager, which we're used to this session, right? <laughs> it's not the first meeting we've gotten kicked out of, or you know, threatened to have the police or security called on us. For not dispersing, uh, yeah. I mean, the the venue itself was was quite odd. It was bizarre, modern art museum hotel. There happened to be um, audio of of birds chirping playing over the speaker in the hallway. There was also art showing nude women who were also with the bear on had her head, or a bear something. head yeah. slash body. Um, so it was it was an interesting venue for a meeting like this. Uh, we eventually had to go upstairs and we're basically waiting for a few hours on, on the lobby level of the hotel for them to emerge from the basement. And there was really no ability to sort of peer into the room. Uh, we did have two vantage points. One was behind this curtain. So we had about uh, six to, to 10 inches that we could see into this room. Um, most of the time there were uh, staff at the hotel standing in front of it. There were a couple of times where we had a clear picture or at least a clearer picture through a curtain of what was going on. Um, and then there was also a, a window outside in an alleyway that a couple members of the media were trying to snap pictures. Uh, for the most part, we all just kind of lingered around. Staff was not, for the most part, in uh, the committee or the the office room. Um, and so we all just kind of milled about until 5.30-ish uh, when there was just a sort of mass exit by members. Right. And then that, at that time, we learned that the majority of members had voted that they had no confidence in, in the speaker. Uh, initially, uh, the majority leader, William Lamberth, um, 
you know, wasn't quick to say what he thought should happen after that. He basically said the Cox has spoken. Uh, the Cox chairman, Cameron Sexton, standing beside of him at an impromptu news gaggle, essentially said the same thing. And then a couple hours later, we we get this statement from William Lambert saying he he has been quiet for the last few weeks. He wanted the caucus to meet, but that he would be he was calling on the speaker to resign and for the governor to essentially immediately call for a special session. The impromptu press conference happened on the street uh, right outside the hotel slash uh, venue uh, that this was hosted at. We have a, a, about five minute excerpt of it that you can listen to here. Um, so the caucus has met for the last several hours, and there was a vote uh, that was taken on whether or not this caucus still has confidence in Speaker Glenn Cassida. Uh, there was a resolution that was presented, it was amended, and at the end of the day, there were 45 members that voted in favor of a resolution stating that they no longer have confidence individually of this speaker. There were 24 members that voted against that resolution. Uh, it was taken by a secret ballot. Neither of us know. Uh, who voted in, in which category. But those are the results of the resolution. We, we had 69 of the 73 in attendance today as well. Can you so, repeat so, the so numbers? So what does this mean? 24. Well, so what, what it, the speaker is elected by the General Assembly, not by the Republican caucus. So this is a non-binding resolution. Anything that the caucus did would be non-binding as far as uh, the speaker remaining speaker. That's his decision. Or if you work through the Constitution, if you're looking at a way um, of him in his speakership. So what ne what's next? Okay, so to that question, uh, the speaker was present for the entirety of the meeting, uh, did answer questions, did discuss with members um, their questions and this process. Uh, so he was present for this. And before he left, he said that this gave him something definitely to consider and that over the next few months, and I'm using his words, not mine, um, that, that you know he would try everything he could to regain their confidence because that was the vote today in the resolution. Uh, again, that 45 members of the Republican caucus indicated that they no longer had confidence in his ability um, as a speaker. Did he so, so nothing say change today? Well, again, I, I think what changed today is that you now know how a majority of the members of the Republican caucus feel about the allegations that have been made and what they have heard, mainly in the media and from others. But, but, yeah. but he is still speaker and has all the power as speaker. There's nothing that we could do as a caucus to remove him as speaker. Did, did, did you all proceed on the censure motion at all, or was it what came we first? We debated the whole time on the resolution for How was the resolution amended? How was it amended? What was the amendment? Just some um, rewording of words in it, more or less. Can we get a copy of the well, both resolutions? Hang on, I can I can mention that. As far as the structure of it, there was a, a final clause that in a resolution would normally be included in like a House resolution that really didn't match with the rest of it, and so that was struck out, and then really just some wording. Who was that in the get his response, Glenn Cassidy's response? Again, my memory of what the speaker said, and, and y'all can definitely reach out to him for a statement, was that he would spend the next few months uh, considering the caucus's vote today and make a determination uh, as to how to go forward. And specifically, he stated that uh, he would work to regain the confidence of the caucus. Chairman, right. was that your memory well, of the statement? He spent, he, spent the last 30 seconds, he spent the last 30 seconds talking to the members um, before we adjourned. It was a representative Jerry Sexton resolution. Will you be asking for a special session? Um, that was not determined in the caucus. That's up to the governor to make that decision if he so chooses. But couldn't you, if you had enough votes, couldn't you guys? It would take two thirds. We can't do it ourselves. It takes two thirds of the House and the Senate do you body not think as that well. There's two thirds votes. And it to takes have a the, and it takes the speakers also 
to uh, allow that. To that idea come hang on, let me. Well, hang on just a second. I, I do want to address that question just for a moment. Um, I have spent a lot of time over the last few weeks, and I've talked to some of the best legal scholars that I can find as to whether or not, even with a two-thirds vote on the House floor, if there's an ability to remove a speaker. And at best, the answer to that question is it's very murky. Um, there is not a clear-cut mechanism on the House floor to remove a speaker. So we're not to that stage yet. Um, what happened today is, again, the Republican caucus met, and there was a resolution that was presented on whether or not they still had confidence in this speaker. And again, they voted, 45 members voted in favor of that resolution. Did so, you both vote in favor of the resolution? Well, we're, the, we're talking as the caucus and as the as leadership. So with 45 members voting voted against, no, right? you know, saying they have no confidence in Casada, do you think he can still lead the House? Well, the, the caucus would say that they, they don't, the, the essence is they don't have confidence in him um, being speaker. What message do you hope this sends to voters about, you know, the sexist or and lewd text messages that were sent? Thank you for asking that question, and I, I will make this very clear and concise right now. Uh, there is no place in either the House Republican Caucus, in the House, or in the legislature, or in anywhere in which any type of sexist or racist or inappropriate remarks are going to be permitted. And I think that has been stated very clearly by this caucus um, today, is that regardless of how long ago, regardless of what the behavior is, um, we take these type of allocations very, very seriously. And, and just spent the last several hours and, and quite frankly, the last several weeks um, determining how we would respond to that as a caucus. And I can assure you that going forward, regardless of what happens with this particular speaker or with any of us, um, we are going to continue to strive to make sure that there's no place for any type of sexist or racist um, behavior in the legislature, so period. So you say that, though, but he's still, your party is still leading the House, even though you're saying there's no room for that kind of behavior. Yes, sir. I think, the, I think the Republican caucus spoke very strongly today about the allegations and about the behavior that has been reported thus far on how they feel about it. Now, I can't imagine a stronger uh, stance than they could have taken today than for 45 members of this speaker's own caucus to indicate that because of the allegations and the incidents that have been reported thus far, for them to say that they no longer have confidence of him. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know any other stronger way to say it at this juncture. All right, so now the immediate question is, after this vote, what's next? Immediately, Glenn Cassida still is Speaker of the House. He does not automatically be removed. The caucus cannot unilaterally remove him. But if you look at the way things are sort of playing out, it does seem his time in office is somewhat limited. Right now, we've got, as we mentioned earlier in the show, the governor saying that he will call a special session. If the governor doesn't call the special session, there's more than enough votes. If you count the Democrats in the House, and the Republicans who voted for this resolution to come to that two-thirds threshold to hold a special session. So it seems that a, a special session is inevitable. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, practically it's a lot easier for the governor to just call it than for them to round up all those signatures. But as you pointed out, it sounds like they do have those numbers. We assume the Senate would would you know, follow suit. Uh, Lieutenant Governor said tonight that he would support that effort. But it sounds like the governor says he's willing to do it regardless if Cassida doesn't step down. So far, we have heard a little out of Glenn Cassida. Uh, he issued a statement to us earlier today, and it was to the effect of... 
He said, I'm disappointed in the results of today's caucus vote. However, I will work the next few months to regain the confidence of my colleagues so we can continue to build on the historic conservative accomplishments of this legislative session. So as of, you know, 536, whenever he got out of that meeting, uh, it sounded like he was at least trying to give off the impression that he still planned to continue as speaker. Since the governor's call uh, for him to resign, uh, we have reiterated our our question to uh, House Speaker Cassidy and whether he would resign. We have not heard back as of uh, this is 8.30 tonight. Uh, so we will update that if we do. Um, but of course, everybody is now sort of just on the their, their edge of the seat seeing what is going to happen next. Of course, all of the action today does not stop our ability to continue reporting on the speaker, right? So Natalie and I, along with other members of the media, are fully intentioned on continuing delving into uh, the speaker's, you know, previous actions, whether he, you know, acted properly or not on, on things related to his chief of staff and unrelated to that. Yeah, so it remains to be seen if more will come out. Um, certainly, I, th- I think people are anticipating that could be the case, which is, which is why they're they're quick to call for his uh, resignation now that the caucus is at least behind that decision. Again, all of this is sort of tenuous at best. If there is a special session, it would be the 60th extraordinary session that Tennessee has had uh, since 1796. So, of course, the last special session occurred in 2016 when then uh, Governor Bill Haslam called the legislature back to Nashville over sort of a snafu with a bill, uh, I guess, sponsored by um, now House Majority Leader William Lamberth and then uh, Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally uh, related to federal highway funding. At the time, that special session is essentially what led to Jeremy Durham being ousted from the legislature. So uh, this one, of course, doesn't seem to have any other purpose than Glenn Cassida. Uh, we will continue to monitor everything. So please come back to our, our website, check our Twitter feeds. Natalie and I are trying to stay on top of this story that is uh, obviously seemingly always developing. Evolving by the second. In this podcast, we've stopped it, what, two or three times already <laughs> uh, to, to catch up on the latest developments. We've since had more members of leadership, uh, Republican leadership in the House, call for the Speaker's resignation including Deputy Speaker Matthew Hill, who has, uh, by all accounts, really been a supporter of Cassida throughout all of this. Um, so we'll see what, what happens overnight, but uh, we'll bring you the latest uh, on our website. Again, you can find us every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is produced by John Garcia and Erica Whitney. Uh, if you can, continue to rate us. We appreciate it. Uh, sorry for the abbreviated episode, but it's been a long day and we got to recharge for tomorrow. Again, thank Thanks for listening. I'm Joel Ebert. And I'm Natalie Allison. We'll see you next week. 